Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the Anime Sweater Podcast. This is the comfortable anime podcast hosted by me, your veteran otaku. I am not a fucking weeb, uh, Annalise, and I'm here with the person I've I've brought into anime fandom, Sofrashea. Hi, welcome to our cozy show. Where we are going to talk about anime shows that you should watch because they're good and it's as simple as that except it's not as simple as that but before we get into all that if you don't listen to our other shows um q for fun which is a heroes of the storm show or if you don't listen to me on ann and emily wrestle a podcast which is about wrestling and nobody listens to that show which is fine which is fine uh take a little bit of time and introduce ourselves and we'll start with the new anime fan who i have who i have successfully converted by showing her good shit because that's how you get people to like anime is you show them good shows yep and so (laughs) tell us about what it what it is you're you're getting into and what do you want to do with this show well i want an excuse for you to recommend more awesome anime for me to watch mostly. <laughs> um, I have a whole list. I have a whole awesome. list. I, I also have a, I keep a little notepad document whenever we're on Discord of things that you recommend for me. So I'm glad that someone in this world takes my recommendations <laughs> seriously. But you, you kind of spoiled me with your first few recommendations and you even had to lecture me a little bit. I was getting this big, huge... Uh, opinion of it over overwrought <laughs> uh opinions of of what all anime is like and it's definitely not all like that no it's definitely not say. and so what, it's yes. good so far from what you've recommended to me that's because i only recommend good stuff i don't recommend people watch trash so if you're looking for a show that's going to cover the latest season of stored art on- online which is the worst show it's just terrible. If you like it, you're just a bad person. Sorry, that's the facts. If you're looking for uh, shows that talk about shonen battle shows like Dragon Ball Z, uh, there are many other podcasts you should listen to. This is not one of them. I have been an anime fan uh, for ooh, 20 years now, 21 years. Um, and I am a devotee of a little show called Anime World Order, which is the best podcast that has ever been done by Daryl by Daryl Surratt, uh, Gerald Rathcobe, and Clarissa Graffio. And everyone should go listen to their show, all of their shows. I've listened to them all multiple times because they're fantastic human beings and because they have taught me exactly how you should do anime reviews, which is you never give a show a grade, a score, or a star rating. No, it's a piece of art. Like any piece of art, it's subjective, and somebody's going to like it or not, depending on their personality and their taste. So that's just but, silly to give it a score. <laughs> but the reason why you don't give it a score is because if you give it a score, no one reads your review. They just read the score. No one listens uh-huh. to. You. Wait for the score. So there will never be there will never be a rating system on this. At least not a serious one. We might make up a fake rating system <laughs> that will be completely made up like the rules of Calvin Ball as we go along. Um, like three just, sweaters out of five or <laughs> we won't not even not even something that easy because and this will be a comfortable show because we're gonna recommend a lot of stuff that's very different 
from what people say as typical anime. Like there's there's a phrase like anime anime as fuck. And every time I see that phrase, I cringe because it pretends that anime is a genre as opposed to it being a medium which contains lots and lots and lots of subgenres. And so we're going to look at a handful of those subgenres and and a handful of those demographics and we're also going to point out that especially with the first show we're talking about sometimes you find amazing things where you don't expect to find them and that is certainly the case with what we're going to be talking about tonight but just to get some very basic stuff out of the way 20 years of watching anime the best show ever is still revolutionary girl utna we will absolutely be reviewing that at some point later in the future. We might have to review it separately season by season because if you if you think I've given you this, this stuff with a lot to talk about so far, Soph, <laughs> oh no, oh no. I've, I've, saved, I've saved some really... Even more like, than Carol and Tuesday. <laughs> way more than Carol and Tuesday. We'll get to Carol and Tuesday another time. Uh, but Revolutionary Girl tonight is the greatest story ever told. And we oh. will absolutely get to that sometime down the road. And I might beg someone I've never spoken to <gasps> to come on and, and talk about it because I know that he is one of the biggest revolutionary, revolutionary girl Utna fans on the internet. And maybe he'll lower himself to come on to a brand new podcast <laughs> and talk to us, but I'm not holding out any help. So I'm not even going to say his name. Um, we are going to attempt to get guests on here to offer different perspectives. I have a I have a wish list of people. We also have our friends and fellow co-hosts who might be coming on to do stuff. There's definitely going to be a couple of shows where Emily Bats or Emily the Raven uh, comes and joins us to talk about anime because she and I have a whole history of watching anime together. Um, and there's definitely going to be times where we're going to bring, bring someone on and make them watch something that they never thought they would like and see what their reaction to it. And they may love it. They may hate it. And they may go, wow, that was fucking weird. Well, that's kind of weird. You say that. Cause that was how, what I thought of anime before. That's like, it's kind of the reason I haven't ever gotten into it. Mm -hmm. And you suggested things that kind of blew my mind as far as my perception of what anime was supposed to be. Like, I saw like Dragon Ball Z and thought like, oh, that's anime. That's not anything I'm ever going to be interested in. Yeah. And that's a reasonable reaction to Dragon Ball Z for any human being. Because there's no, no, just walk away. Walk away now. And to the people who are, who are like, why are you shitting on Dragon Ball Z? I'm shitting on Dragon Ball Z because the problem with Dragon Ball Z or Full Metal Alchemist or Demon Slayer or Death Note or any shonen action anime is that the fans of that watch only shown in action and almost nothing else to the exclusion and we want to introduce you into a comfortable notion that there's more that's, that's out there now there's nothing wrong with shown in action there's not a thing wrong with liking what you like or enjoying what you enjoy what we want to ask you to do is to broaden your horizons and think about more than two guys screaming at each other while their hair goes blonde and they pretend to fight for 10 minutes. That's not very cozy. No, it's not cozy. So, but we're going to, we're going to talk about shows that are interesting. We're going to talk about shows that are comfortable and specifically, we're going to talk about women 
in anime. Uh, we are not sponsored by anime feminists, but I might hit them up on Twitter and say, hey, would you like to come on the show? Because there's a lot of fan- fantastic people uh, on there who have a lot of really good articles, and you should definitely go and read them. But we're going to talk about anime that is made for a female audience or that has uh, a female lead character or that has strong female characters in supporting roles. Because if the anime doesn't pass the, the Bechdel test, we're not going to bother with it. Exactly. So that's the minimum bar for entry. But we're also going to look at things that are different, and we're going to look at things that are interesting, and we're going to look at things that break norms. We're also going to look at stuff that's interesting within norms. So there's a lot of stuff, and to be truthful about everything, anime is tropey as fuck. So oh, you'll yeah. find tropes. <laughs> you'll find tropes everywhere, even in the stuff that we're going to talk about today. Even while it subverts a lot of those tropes. So if this all sounds interesting to you, listen on as we are going to talk about one of the best shows from uh, 2019. And it's where we're starting with. So we're, we're starting with a really high bar, and we're going to keep that bar up for quite a while before we do bring in some, well, three episodes at least, before we bring in some some lower bar stuff. We're starting with Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season. Tell me a little bit about this show. Who... I know you're a big fan of the person who wrote the original it's source I'm, material. I'm not a big fan of the person who wrote the original source material, but this is this is an interesting, uh, this is a really interesting uh, story just in who created the manga for *A Maidens in Your Savage Season*. So the the manga that that was created was written by uh, Mario Kata. This is her first manga writing credit. She's never written a manga before. She started writing in 2016. She has no other manga credits to her, to her name. She has a ton of episode screenplay screenplay credits. Um, some of the stuff I've watched, some of the stuff I haven't. Uh, she, she did a really kind of very slow show in 2004 called Diamond Daydreams. Uh, she wrote some episodes of Rosen Maiden and uh, the second season of Rosen Maiden. Some uh, episodes of Fate Stay Night. Uh, some episodes of True... She was series uh, uh, composition on True Tears, which is an excellent show we might talk about down the road. Series composition on Kanan, uh, another excellent show. Series composition on Go Sick, another excellent show. Series composition on Wandering Sun, we're 100% going to talk about that. Um, series composition on Anohana, the flower we saw that day. That is one of the best animes of the last decade. Uh, series composition on Lupin the Third, uh, the woman called. Uh, uh, Fujiko Mine series composition on AKB 0048 both seasons of that she's working all over the place in really good stuff and of course the original creator and series composition of Oh Maiden's New Sav- in, uh, in Your Savage Season so this is her first manga that she's written and she is producing it with the with the very reclusive artist uh, now Emoto who I cannot find any confirmation on even who now Omoto is. Even on the Anime's News Network and other places that I looked, you cannot even even discern if now Omoto is a man or woman or a non-binary person because none of that seems to exist. Hmm. So it's it's a very it's first of all, it's unusual that uh, a manga is written by two people. There, it's not completely uncommon, but most of the time it's one person getting the credit. 
And what's also interesting is that this manga, O Maidens in Your Savage Season, was published in Bisatsu Shonen Magazine, which is the same uh, uh, publisher that publishes Attack on Titan, which is absolutely one of the biggest shows of the decade and a show that we might ease Soph into later on down the line because it is, <laughs> it is a shonen action show, but it doesn't suck. Um, and it's worth taking a look at. But, the, but this magazine, uh, uh, Bisatsu boys Shonen magazine, magazine right? it's a boys magazine because Shonen... <laughs> Shonen means boy, but it publishes some really good stuff. In addition to that, it also has Flying Witch, a show we will definitely talk about down the road, um, which is one of my favorite shows of the last couple of years. And I, I, I'm reading the manga delightfully. And Flowers of Evil, which is an interesting little, little show that's available on Crunchyroll, which is done with some very strange animation style and definitely a show that we might get to. It's a very artsy show. Um, and from the new, I, I just noticed that from the new world is also published in the show, which is another really interesting uh, thing. So, so while one of the things to consider is that just because Bisatsu Shonen Magazine is aimed at, uh, say a, a 12 to 18 year old male demographic they they're not just publishing towards that they're publishing towards anyone who might actually pick it up um, there's tons of good stuff in this uh, Holic was published in this by Clamp but Clamp publishes everywhere so that doesn't really mean anything and there's just a lot of it's it's an interesting magazine full of interesting kind of creative different manga the stuff you're not usually expecting to see in a shonen magazine like in a shonen jump and so i think the fact that something like an yashi k series like flying witch is published in this magazine is a really really good uh sign of the quality and that flying witch has been going on since september 2012 and still going on it's i've got well, so much good stuff to read <laughs> well i would argue that even though it's a show with five female characters that it's really about adolescents from in all different standpoints and that boys could learn a lot yeah from seeing what's going through a girl's mind when they're going through uh puberty and we will definitely <laughs> we will definitely get to that in in a moment but also the, sh the show is interesting because it's uh produced by studio uh ladies uh l-a-y hyphen d-u-c-e um which is a relatively new studio that hasn't done very much. Notable, the most notable thing they've ever done is Maji, The Adventures of Sinbad, but they've also done a couple of films in the Fate series and a Yuri Yuri OVA that I haven't seen, which, how did I miss that? You can watch the show, O Maidens in Your Savage Season, on High Dive or VRV, uh, and there's also an eight-episode TV drama. So there's a lot of background information about this. All of this you could get on the internet, but hey, we provide it here for you for free so you can know exactly what you're getting into because it does provide context for one of the most interesting, realistic shows that's ever been. Uh, there's not a whole lot of, quote, anime-as-fuck bullshit in this show. It is just a show about a literature club in a high school that reads a lot of erotic literature by five girls who are all at different points in kind of understanding their relationship uh, with sex. And so show 
is really this kind of exploration about just how repressed in some ways sexual culture is in Japan and the ways in which it's so easy for people to get misconceptions if the only thing they interact with is fiction. Yep. So, so you, you watched the show. You actually finished the show before I did, and we'll talk about why I took so long to watch the show um, at, at the end of the, at the end of this episode. Because there's a there's a reason for it, and there's there's a reason why shows like this that are good can sometimes be hard to finish. So, as you uh, finished it what are your thoughts about this show? Well, I was kind of startled because I've never seen a show look like there's plenty of dramas, you know, whether it's anime or not exploring the subject of teenage sexuality, but I've never quite seen a show do this job of looking at it from so many different perspectives and making valid, like each of these girls is dealing with it in a different way. Um, and they really validate all of their their journeys, um, and I I've never seen that in a show before. <laughs> well, let's start with the ostensibly main character uh, Kazusa, who who is the main character who is in love with her um, childhood friend, um, who doesn't know that she's in love with him, and he doesn't really know he's in love with her. Izumi. They've lived next door. They've been neighbors forever. They've been friends since childhood. This is where anime is tropey as fuck. Here is where it's not tropey as fuck. She walks on in on him masturbating to porn. Yeah, that's definitely one of the most iconic scenes from the show, I would say. She gets, she gets really uncomfortable with it because you know, society has told her that, oh no, you sexuality is, is so wrong for girls to 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 know about you know even though literally every teenage boy does this exact same thing in their bedroom like, be it's fair. a really most, normal most thing girls do too and and girls yeah, yeah. obviously <laughs> but the person she walks in on is is a boy so yes and so <laughs> it it is this it is this really uncomfortable scene and it's meant to be uncomfortable it's meant to be this is the discovery for uh, for Kazusa that sex exists. That her her childhood friend is this. It has these sexual desires and is engaging in this quote unquote dirty behavior. Like seeing him as a sexual being for the first time, and not just her childhood friend. Because this up to this point, the only the only contact with sexual beings she's really had is is reading about them with the literature club, which is led by. My easily favorite char- favorite character in the show, uh, Rika Sonazaki. Yeah, I I was going to save this question for later, but I was going to ask if if she's still the character you most identify with in the show. Uh, she's not the character I most <laughs> identify with. I most identify with Momoko. We'll get to that Momoko. We'll get to that in a bit. But Rika Sonazaki is the character I like the most. Because yeah. she is, she is exactly who she is, and for all of for all the things that happens here, she never really compromises what she considers to be her morals and ethics. She's approved at the start of the show, and while she opens up to the idea of of sex and sexual attraction, and 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 opening up to the idea of a romantic relationship with a very nice boy who is like the sweetest boy, he is such a sweetheart. 
and she is you have to work we'll talk about this as we go through this show not through oh maidens but as we talk about shows in general you have to work really hard to get me to care about a straight couple because <laughs> i don't give a fuck about straight relationships but rika is rika is so uptight that she doesn't really want to return uh shun's uh emotions at all and he just is so sweet and so persistent and so nice yeah. about it and so and 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 he sees he sees Rika as this amazingly smart really strong person that he wants to be around he's not just he he also finds her to be hot because yeah yeah i'll honestly say and i was confused a little bit with the character we we're talking about when i asked you so Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, but Sodazaki is probably the character I identified with the most. Oh, um, um, just the fact that she never really felt like she was attractive. She felt maybe like she was behind in like this, looking at her peers, like in her sexual development, mm-hmm. and like. The, when when the boy confesses his love to her, she's like, write me a hundred page essay. Yeah. <laughs> and that is totally like, prove it to me. That's something I would totally <laughs> like, I don't believe you prove to me that this is that this is real. And the moment he, that he gives her the essay is one of the sweetest moments for me in the whole show. Yep. <sighs> and and. It. And and so Rika Rika is fantastic, and she is she is the, in, she's she's the spiritual protagonist of the show. Even though, in all for all intents and purposes, uh, Kazusa is the is the protagonist. And Kazusa is the protagonist. Then Nina is the antagonist by default. Not that Nina wants to be the antagonist. Nina is the blonde girl with the nice boobs who wears the who chooses to wear the short skirt instead of the long skirt the school uniform the person who's always sexualized by everyone around her and everyone just assumes that she's a slut without yeah. even asking her she's never had sex and people are just making assumptions and she does play into those assumptions nina is also in love with with, with izumi and it creates a very weird triangle because izumi doesn't know how to handle the love triangle because he's very confused that he does love Kazusa. This is this is the last episode. We're spoiling the shit out of this show for you, by the way. Yeah, by he, the way. <laughs> he, he does love Kazusa, but he is still sexually attracted to Izumi. And this confuses him, or to, to Nina, this confuses Izumi because how can he love Kazusa if he still finds other other girls sexually attractive? He doesn't know what to do with this. He feels tremendous guilt and shame over this. Absolutely. And, and that's part of again uh, demonstrating the real problems with uh, with education, really, about these feelings and emotions. And we'll get to uh, another show later in in this in in this um, in in this series that we're doing here that 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 takes a look at what happens when this goes to extremes because this show doesn't go to extremes. <laughs> We'll we'll talk about it going to extremes in another in another episode. They most end up ha- all happily ever after, depending yeah. on your perspective. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're hinted at happily ever afters, and so Nina doesn't want to be this person, but she is 
in love with Izumi. She does want to confess her love to Izumi. At the same time, she doesn't want to betray her friend Kazusa because she loses her friends like this because her friends always assume she's yeah. stealing their boyfriends. Um, I, I think that's a theme that's been touched on in some other teenage dramas is the girl who is pushed away by other girls because they're all like ostensibly jealous of her. You know, they think they're threatened mm -hmm. by her. And even though she would rather not have like like she's obviously so, like more, a bit more comfortable with sexuality than i would argue the rest of the girls but she doesn't want to be like, yeah it's kind of forced upon her uh and some of that is done by her mentor uh her yeah. drama teacher who is a total creep yeah um and he's supposed to be a creep he doesn't he doesn't ever pretend not to be a creep he kind of revels in his creepiness uh, uh hisashi uh is just he's only thank thankfully he's only in a couple of episodes and also thankfully nina punches him in the face yeah uh that was which is it was it was wonderful um we're gonna skip over one we're gonna go to uh uh hitoa uh, hongo because hitoa is really kind of the the mover of the plot in a way that she doesn't intend to be she's the short girl with the short black hair and she is trying to write novels she's especially trying to write erotica but of course she has no experience whatsoever and so she goes online looking for help uh this is the character when you introduced me to the show i said this is the Anne character and not at <laughs> all so we'll get to the Anne character in a moment uh although in some ways uh, well you you did tell me that when yeah. i started watching it though i i there's you know it's silly to identify ourselves with just one because there's really aspects in all of the us characters. yeah exactly yeah. and so she does go on and she's her publisher describes her first novel as though it was written by a fort a virgin 40 year old man and so she tries to gain sexual experience and the person she is gaining that experience from at first unbeknownst to her is one of her teachers who is yeah, well, she, well she, she's in an online chat room so she doesn't mm -hmm. know yeah and then when she meets him when she agrees to meet him for the first time because online chat is not helping her and she really wants her novel to have the ring of realism as soon as he recognizes that it's one of his students he walks away she then blackmails him into becoming <laughs> the uh, club advisor so that the club can stay in existence yeah. and she tries really hard to get with him and he he is the most stand-up of the adult characters who is clearly here for the girls and he does not attempt to take advantage of them. He didn't yeah. know, he didn't know that this was really an underage student coming to meet him for sex. Um, and he is immediately turned away from it and he's not into that at all. He is actually very much into um, uh, a, a fellow teacher of his who we see throughout the show. Um, but we'll get... I I think Go he ahead. goes about it in a he doesn't like say oh no gross I would never like I feel like he's written in a way where he's understanding and tries to genuinely help her like yeah not just say oh no you're a stupid little kid I mean the love hotel scene is one of is one of the best scenes in this show yeah. because they're She's convinced she's going to make it happen. He's convinced she's going to lose her nerve and quit. Um, yeah. And it ends with this incredibly tender moment where she doesn't understand why he's not turned on by her. And she starts crying. 
That's a um, great scene. It is a great scene. And and of course he does not actually take he, he's 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 doing he's doing what is unorthodox and what in in some senses is certainly going to be seen as wrong, but he's never doing it with the sense that he's here to exploit uh Hitoa uh at all. He is trying genuinely to help her in the way that she's asked for help. Um without any kind of of of, of other motive. Uh his name is Milo uh He's well. His his um, name is actually Tamaki, but his online name is Milo, and he's trying very hard to be um, a good teacher in a school that seems to be just full of bad teachers. We'll talk about the stupid vice principal in a moment, who's so punchable and so stereotypical of vice principals in anime. You, you might have to remind me of this character, but I don't. He's too much he's the it. tall guy in in the second to last episodes. He's the tall guy in the principal's office who's like all about banning sex sexual relationships. Oh, which, okay. Yeah. yeah, he's the one with no hair. The, the principal's the short guy who has to stand on the stool. On the stool, he's just <laughs> the absolutely rotten. Um. And then we will talk about the end character because, of course, it's the gay character. Of course, I'm always the gay character. Yeah. <laughs> Momoko, who really is exactly what so many uh, queer kids in high school actually are, horribly closeted and just kind of trying to stay friends with people without that attraction coming through. But, of course, she can't help it because she does fall in love with Nina. And she has she has this horrible scene because there's this boy who's who's convinced that he can force Momoka to date him. He's yeah. absolutely and you can convinced. Tell she's trying to quote unquote be normal. You know, obviously that you know who, what is normal, but she you know she's trying to de- to deny her her true sexuality, and she kind of gives him a little chance, but. Obviously, it's not meant to be there. Yeah, and he tries to blackmail her in in the third to last episode uh, into in, into like anything because he's being rejected and he doesn't know how to handle it. Again, another really good thing about this: I don't think that boy is particularly evil. I think he's just not at all educated in how to behave himself. And, and I, yeah, I think boys could learn how to re- how to react to rejection. <laughs> Or how not that. to react to, rea- to yeah. react. Um, but she she goes through the the horribleness of calling Nina up after he grabs after the boy grabs her wrist and and calling Nina up and saying, I need you to touch my wrist because it's dirty and I need you to clean it. And that's her way of confessing to Nina. And Nina, of course, is just in a horrible state because she's just tried to throw herself sexually as at Izumi, only for him to walk away from it. Um, and she feels like she's ugly. She feels like she isn't good enough, and she doesn't know how to react to Momoka. And Momoka just gets super depressed about this. The next day, Momoka goes to uh her best friend, which is Kazusa, and says, "You know, if the if the if the world was going to end, if you had to sleep with either me or our advisor, who would you sleep with?" And because she's a straight girl, she's like, well, I love you to pieces, but I'm going to choose a guy over you. Which crushes Momoka for the second day in a row to just to just be told, you know, you're not you're not attract you're not attractive. You're not 
a sexual object at all. The people that you are attracted to aren't attracted to you back, um, which is a unique thing. And there's a little hint of hope at the end in the last couple of minutes of the last episode where we do see Momoka and Nina walking together as a couple, but we don't know if they actually are a couple. That's never confirmed in the show. And I haven't read the uh, the manga yet to know if or if it isn't. It is being published by Kodansha um, here in the States, so it might be available on the Viz app or on Amazon. I just haven't had a chance to go uh, seeking it. And so those are our five main characters. We have some side characters. We have one who's really important to the plot because she... Um, is uh, a really an interesting character who kind of pushes the growth of Sonozaki, and that's uh, 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 Sonoe, who is a uh, a Garu. A Garu is is a uh, a girl who is uh, attempting. It's a, it's a subculture of dyed hair, uh, fashion, uh, fashion, tan skin, really inspired by Baywatch of all things. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a whole. Uh, a subculture of this in Japan. And she um, is with guys a lot and eventually at the end of the at the end of the series gets pregnant and has a baby. She has to leave school. And normally something like that would be made very quiet, but the teacher who announces it to the class says, we're going to tell you this because maybe it will help you all make better decisions. Bruh. She's yeah, pregnant. She's, she- she's- She's Go kind ahead. of the counterpoint to Sonazaki and helps Sonazaki discover like her own sexuality, I think. Like mm-hmm. and she's a catalyst to what happens at the end of the show because the yeah. show is really this is very episodic. The girls deal with one thing after another after another until the plot really kicks in after the uh school festival. So in a lot of ways, this is a very slice of life show for about the first half of the show, about episodes one through seven. Once episode eight hits, we start the main plot of the show. The slice of life is over and then everything builds because in episode eight they have to come up with a legend for the uh to for people to have at the school Bonfire. Uh, bonfire about stepping on someone's shadow. You step in your crush's shadow, they become your they become your significant other at the bonfire. Um that's one of my favorite scenes. Is the it's bonfire. a great scene. Yeah. It's a great scene because Sonozaki steps on uh Shun's shadow. Um and then Izumi steps on uh uh Kazusa's Kazusa. shadow. Yeah. So because Kazusa is afraid that, that she's going to lose Izumi to Nina, and Izumi is the one who chooses Kazusa. And then yeah. we get into the rest of the show, which is this downward spiral that starts with uh, all of these kind of really kind of bad moments. So first of all, there's the scene in the Love Hotel where Hyota tries to throw herself at uh, uh, Milo-sensei, Milo-sensei, yeah. and it, doesn't, it does not go well. But Shun and Sonozaki see them drive off, find that uh, Hitoa has thrown her panties into the trash and go chasing after them into uh, the red light district where they are seen. Now, before we get to the results of that, um, Sonoe is kicked out of school for being pregnant. And this leads to this crackdown on relationships and then shun and uh sonozaki also get kicked out of school 
uh, expelled from school for being in the red light district while they are looking after uh, Milo Sensei. And Milo Sensei, uh, for his part, says they saw me, they were following me. I was there with a woman I have a future with. Uh, it's it's they, they did nothing wrong. He throws he tries to throw himself on on the sword for his students as best as he can without um, incriminating revealing. Yeah. Hitoa either because he doesn't want to. Uh, although he would do that absolutely if, if it would save her as well. And then the girls decide to stage a, a, a terrorist attack, <laughs> hostage takeover. Oh, I love this part. They kidnap him and hold him hostage in the school. Uh, it, it, because the the vice principal is cracked down on these and made these really strict rules and, you know, suspended their friends. And they're like, we're not going to stand for this. You're going to do what we want. We're going to kidnap this teacher until you do. The best part of that kidnapping scene is the, um, the female teacher who uh, Mila Sensei is interested in. Um, she's like, you know what? Her and the principal are like, let's all just go home. We'll come back yeah. in the morning if they're still here. Like, we'll go let them calm down and come back in the morning and see what's going on. It's it's the perfect it's the perfect way to handle the situation. It's like everything that everything about this is done. And then in the school at night, they 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 work out their interpersonal problems. They kick the boys out because Shun and Sonazaki show up. Izumi shows up. They kick them all out, and and then the girls just do this amazing job of just. Because they're hoping to sweep this all under the rug. But they make that impossible because clubs are showing up for Saturday morning and they start taking pictures of all the signs, of all the things that the girls have written and covered the front of the school with. I love protesting. this moment. This is the very end yeah. of, the sh- of the show. And I, I and thought it was really... Yeah, I could go more into it. I'll let you Go more into saying. it. Go more into it. <laughs> well, I'm talking too know, much. So. The show is... Like the the vice principal, you know, arguably a lot of Japanese society is trying to tell these girls there's one way to be, there's one way to be pure and perfect uh, and the ideal woman. And they take all these colors and graffiti over everything. And at the end, they're just left exhausted, covered in all these colors. And it's really symbolic of there's... There's not one way to be pure and and a, and a perfect woman. You can be all these different colors of a woman, and it's fine. Yeah, it's it's a lovely. I love that moment. It's it's a lovely, amazing moment, and we haven't even talked about the art composition of the show because I really want to get into some detail about this. But the show ends not there. It ends with this this scene of what happens after we see Shun and Shun and Sonozaki still together, apparently off at college. They're wearing different clothes. Um, uh, Sonozaki gets gets uh, a text from uh, Sonoe about uh, her her baby boy who is now two months old, and she seems completely happy being a mother. She's like so happy in that in that in that cell phone photo. Um, yeah. which is a really great idea that she doesn't have to feel like this ruined her life. She can actually feel like this is what she wanted and, and revel in it. Because the show ultimately is about girls making choices for themselves rather than, rather than society making the choices for them. And so while some people might look down their nose at Sonohe about 
about her getting pregnant or about her choosing to have her child or choosing not to have a child or whatever. She revels in who she is. She loves who she is. And she never turns away from that. So even this character who's meant to be this this um kind of throwaway foil for Sonozaki, even she is is just shown as like having agency and power in her choices, whatever choices she chooses to make. And we see uh we see Kazusa and we see um we see uh Izumi still together. We see that um uh, uh Hitoa has taken over the literature club and <laughs> she's now the president of it and have and and she and she and the, the new members are performing something that is going to be for uh, Milo Sensei's wedding and he's actually gonna end up marrying the uh the very the very nice other teacher. And we see for a fleeting moment, we see for a fleeting moment, the hint of the gay that Momoko and Nina are actually together. But again, it's never confirmed. I'm looking forward to reading the manga to see if that's the case, because I do hope it is. Because, again, it's it, it was the scene that made me cry the hardest was was yeah. um, Momoka on her phone, leaning up against a chain link fence, desperate for someone to love her desperate for, for, for Nina to actually reciprocate her feelings because she's, she's in the club every day, sitting next to Nina, sitting next to Kazusa and just, she can't stay friends anymore. She needs to, she needs to not just be friends with these girls. She wants that. Yeah. And And this is kind of why you had a hard time finishing the show, right? It's that's part of it. But, but as well, I want I want to hold on to that for just a bit. Okay. I do want to talk? <laughs> I do want to talk about the art in this show because the art is fucking gorgeous. It is. It is a composition that is reminiscent of of a lot of of shoujo anime, of, a lot of shoujo anime. Very soft colors, very kind of pencil and water and watercolor art. So it it is it is soft. It's warm. It's inviting. And it is it is relaxing while dealing with very difficult subjects. The opening credits is one oh, of my favorite opening sequences. I was just ever. gonna say, uh, I listened to it. The music and the lyrics too. Like this is the first opening credits I ever heard of an anime, and it was not what I expected. But uh, it's great. I don't know how to talk about music in an intelligent way, but I love it. <laughs> it's incredibly uplifting. It's 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 very much this this um, pushing forward. Uh, this 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 idea that you have to be yourself and you have to you have to make your own choices and encouraging the the reader, the listener, the the viewer to make their own choices as well. And so the whole. The whole uh, show is just this this very gorgeous, very wonderful, um, uh, built up uh, uh, thing. It is absolutely, definitely worth worth seeking out. Uh, I'm going to take a look here for because I believe not that not that these awards or award shows in general mean anything, but um, the the 2020 uh anime awards um it was it was nominated for uh best show it lost it to um 
to it was nominated for, for anime, anime of the year and it lost it of course to uh, demon slayer because everything lost to demon slayer that year because demon slayer was the really super popular and not at all a bad show but 20 2019 uh was stacked with really good shows i'm looking over this uh demon slayer the promised neverland dr stone carol and tuesday um attack on titan season three vinland saga Kaguya-sama Love is War, uh, another season of JoJo's, Rising of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero, Mob Psycho uh, 100. There's so many really good shows that came out in 2019. Um, But I think this show is, along with the show we'll be talking about next week, are just so different in what they're doing that this is one that you might have missed in the hype around Demon Slayer, Promise Neverland, Dr. Stone, all of which are shows that are definitely worth your time. For all the crapping I did about Shonen Battle shows, I'm not saying anything that's published in a Shonen magazine is garbage. Obviously, we're talking about a show that was originally published in a Shonen magazine. But this is a show that can easily fly under the radar because of how it looks and because of its subject matter. And you might think it's another slice of life show. Don't worry. We'll be talking a lot about slice of life shows that everyone should watch because they're beautiful and gorgeous and you need to trust me. <laughs> but there's so much out there that's definitely worth your time uh, taking a look at. And this is one you might have passed on. So you can find this again on High Dive or on VRV. And it's only 12 episodes long, but that doesn't mean it's a fast or an easy watch. So now let's get to that thing that we need to talk about. Yeah, I actually, I you recommended the show to me, and I watched it in like a day. <laughs> I'm like, I, I messaged you, and I'm done with the show. It's so awesome. Let's talk about it. You're like, I haven't actually finished the show, and tell me kind of why that came about. Okay, so this show is great, and it can be very hard to watch, especially if it's if it's close to home for you. If you're a person who is like these girls then you can either be drawn in and identify with them and really want to to kind of follow their journey or you can feel the pain of watching that journey as well and we watching this show for as good as it is for me caused a lot of having to kind of re-experience the trauma and and go back through a lot of this because a lot of a, a lot of this show is an allegory for anyone in school who is different and so much of the shows that i like to watch are are shows about finding belonging but really kind of more comfortable shows than this one this show is an itchy sweater um <laughs> title of the podcast uh, and and that means that you can either be comfortable with it or you're going to have moments where you have to take a break from the show. And some people are going to latch onto it as you did and just blow right through it. For me, I felt very uncomfortable with the situation between uh, Hyota and, and Milo sensei, because even though I was pretty sure that it was going to all work out, I wasn't quite comfortable watching it. Mm. And I wasn't very comfortable with the main character Kazusa because she does suffer from shonen main character syndrome where the main character of everything in shonen ever is an idiot and Kazusa is an idiot. Now, 
it's not entirely her fault. Because Teenagers her, are idiots in general, to be fair. Yes, but every, <laughs> everyone else in her group is significantly more aware of what's going on, and she is making her situation constantly worse by leaning into her stupidity and her worst instincts and her worst fears, which for me is uncomfortable to watch. I have a hard time with characters like that, uh, especially when they're likable, because Kazusa is likable, and her idiocy is is kind of leaning, leading her down the path of mistrusting your friends. Now, again, I know this is a show, so I know in the back of my head, it's all going to work out at the end. This isn't a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. I, in general, don't like the plot of a show when, you know, if these two characters just sat down and talked to each other, you know, they're, they'd work everything out, Mm -hmm. but when they don't communicate well with each other, it's a problem. But the show also does a good, good, good job explaining why they're unable to communicate, and really gets into the problems that are ha- they're, they're having, not just because of of a repressive Japanese society and its attitudes towards sex, but also because of the fact that they are just teenagers, and their 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 screw ups and their fuck ups make all the sense in the world. And so, a lot of what kept me from finishing this show was. I, I need to be in a good place to watch it. And as I talk about on my other shows, or as I talk about on Twitter, um, I'm frequently tired, and this show takes energy from me. It's, it is so good. It's, it's a full, uh, full-throated, wholehearted recommendation for the show. But be wary that this show can be taxing. This, this show may not be as comfy, but is it amazing? Yeah. It's easily one of the best shows of the last decade. It's certainly one of the best shows of 2019. And it's a 12-episode investment that everyone should go out and check out because it is absolutely 120% worth your time. Um, so that's that's basically all I had to say about that particular issue. Do you have any final thoughts or any closing things that we want to talk about with uh, this or talk about how good Nina looked in looked in her drag king stuff wearing pants during the school oh, festival. That that was that was pretty great, and that that scene didn't quite end how quite how I expected it to end, but it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, look at kind of looking over my notes to see if there there was any other thoughts. I think I think I pretty much touched on the themes I really liked, and again, this is like the first anime that. I ever watched so i kind of got really spoiled i think yeah i'm, I'm i should have started you off with something no I should, I'm, I'm fine with where i started yes i like i want every show i watch to look at their female characters this intensely like give them this much validation if every show ever made every movie looked at the female point of view and all these different female point of views as well as this show did and validate it like media would be so much more enjoyable to watch yep and and again mari uh okada is just her credits list is a mile long of the stuff the stuff she's worked on some of the stuff she's worked on is garbage she did work she did did work on one of the worst shows ever but she also worked on one of my favorite shows another show that we might have to go out of it has a very similar composition um sketchbook which is one of my favorite shows of all time um and that is a that is a show definitely worth talking about uh that we might we might have to take a look at down the road um but this this show is a delightful 
beautiful, hard to watch, but well composed uh, piece of media dealing with a coming of age story that is not a new story. There's nothing new here. It's just done better than pretty much every coming of age story I've ever seen before. Yeah. And I think that it's one of those things where you have to look at it and, and there, there's, there's always this question whenever an anime is something that could have been done in live action. It's like, well, why wasn't this done in live action? The answer to that question is always because it was a manga and you adapt manga into, into anime first, usually. And then if it's really successful, it might get a live action adaptation. And there is a live action uh, eight episode show that aired in Japan from September to October of last year that you can probably find out. There's probably some group out there that's put it out online i don't know where it is nor do i desire to watch it because yeah i don't know if i would want to watch it either <laughs> because part of the charm of the show is the atmosphere that's created through the art and and in particular the art style and i cannot speak enough about how much i love the watercolor pencil art style even though yeah it's, most of it's done on computers but it's this it still has that warm pleasant texture that is unlike anything you see in American animation and it's becoming very popular in a lot of uh, slice of lifestyle shows. And again, we will talk more about those as we go on. So that's basically it for Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season. It's, it's a super amazing show. Absolutely worth your time. Absolutely worth 12 episodes and you should go out of your way to watch it. Any last words on Oh Maidens? I think I've summed up my feelings. Okay. To go watch it. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and close our show uh, as we normally do. You can follow our show, uh, which is Anime Sweater Podcast at Anime Sweater Pod on Twitter. We have a brand new we have a brand new Twitter, and hopefully people are going to start showing up to it because we do want to like reach out and and have some great stuff going on. You can uh, follow uh, Sofushea. You can follow her over at Lisa3325. Anything spectacular going on your Twitter? Um, I'm not like tweeting too much at the moment, but I'm sure I'll f get some really exciting things to say here pretty soon. So, Yep. You can follow me <laughs> at Annalise over at Ann underscore Lisa. That's Ann with an E. You can follow me over on Twitter where I'm usually tweeting about uh, trans advocacy stuff and wrestling wrestling and heroes of the storm and other fun nerdy stuff lots of stuff about anime uh more of it coming soon or just talking about how awesome my wife is and you're not married to her so you suck uh, mm -hmm. fair that's that's all there is to it uh, <laughs> she'll probably never be on the show because she doesn't really care for animation mm -hmm. um but that's another that's another issue uh down down the road and so then, what are we going to... I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, okay. I, I was going to... email, but yeah. Oh, yeah. You you can do that. I was just trying to transition to the next thing, but I'm I'm an awkward host. What what can I say? I'm sorry. That's okay. You can email us at <laughs> animesweaterpodcast at gmail.com. We just set this up a couple of days ago so that the show could should could have its stuff. And we'll, we'll, we'll soon hopefully be on all of the major podcasting apps. We also have two other shows on our network that we're getting started here. You can go listen to Q for Fun. You can find that show at Q for Fun 
on Twitter, which is the name of it. You can also listen to the wrestling podcast that I do with Emily. You can find her. You can find that at Anne and Emily Pot and Emily Pod. Some of my Twitter names are terrible, you know, honestly. But that show is called Anne and Anne, Anne and Emily Wrestle a Podcast, and we're having a blast do, doing that show. And we hope that we have entertained you. We hope that you're enjoying this. And now, where you were trying to take me before. <laughs> yeah, what uh, what show could possibly follow O Maidens and their Savage Season? Well, we're gonna follow it with another high with another high watermark before we go into the trash because we are gonna get to trash. Because there trash some... has its value. Trash has its value, especially <laughs> when it has a lot of strong female characters. Um, yep. And and as, if you couldn't tell already, we're pretty pro sex. Uh, a couple of women and we love we love strong women and so we're going to talk about uh, a show with two very strong women who decided to use music to fight fascism so we're going to talk about carol and tuesday in episode two of anime sweater the show Uh, oh the show broke me (laughs) another show from 2019 which was an amazing year that everyone else should have already seen and and if you are listening to this and you're like, well, I haven't seen Carol on Tuesday yet. Well, it's, it's on Netflix. On Netflix. <laughs> Go watch it. And we're going to be talking about a lot of other shows down the road. So as this is our first episode, let me just list off a handful of shows that we're definitely going to touch on. I mentioned Flying Witch earlier, which was published in the same uh, uh, magazine as O Maiden Your Savage Season. I'm definitely going to get uh, uh, Soph to watch that. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of isekai shows, or not isekai, uh, yashike shows. We're going to talk about uh, Laid Back Camp because it's important to have really relaxing, awesome stuff. I'm going to get Soph to watch Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. That's an intriguing title. Yeah, I'm going to get Soph to watch a show (laughs) that's about scuba diving called Amanchu, which is my favorite slice of life show of the past decade. And we're definitely going to at some point sit down and talk about uh, a show called Your Lie in April. We're definitely going to talk about Kiss Him, Not Me, which is a show about a girl who wants all the guys who are into her to stop being into her and start making out with each other. There was also that uh, gambling one. Oh, no, we're not going to bring that up yet. Oh, because that's what we're that's what we're keeping in the keeping in, oh, the, okay. in the pocket thought... for the trash for the trash. Oh, OK. And, OK. Yep. Yeah. We're, I, I couldn't remember the exact name, so I didn't say the name. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, we're going to we're going to review uh, uh, Yuri on Ice, which is a show about gay figure skaters. We're going to review, uh, hopefully at some point, Silver Spoon, which is a show about a farming school. Nanan Biori, which is about a farming town and four girls who go who go to a one a one room school in that farming town. There's just a ton of amazing shows out there, and of course, eventually we're going to get to Revolutionary Girl Utna, Princess Tutu, and a whole host of classic shojo shows that oh, definitely should have been watched by people who want to know more about anime that isn't just you know guys with spiky hair going blonde and, and yelling at each other about how they're going to fight for 10 minutes. Oh, and... Man, uh, look at all the shows that I have in store for me. I'm so excited. Yep, and we're also going to be reviewing Princess Principle uh, very soon because I gave that one to you to watch. And uh, Madoka Magica and Zombieland Saga and so on and so forth down the line. There's just a whole bunch of amazing, really cool shows that are definitely worth your time to watch and we're going to make them comfortable watches for you here on anime sweater 
Soph, do you have a tagline? I hadn't thought of one. I'll have never... to. I'll have to think on that. <laughs> one thing about my co-host and about me too is that you know I think of taglines or how to close the show. So let's see if I can find the tagline for a maidens Wait. in your Sabbath season, and we'll close it on that tagline, which is what I'm stealing from Paul Chapman at the Greatest Movie Ever podcast, the the Almighty Gooberzilla. And if you've never listened to that podcast, you definitely should. Maybe we just love years. hearing ourselves talk so much that pretty we can't much think of how to stop talking. So <laughs> when do when do the girls in the high school literature club ask themselves, what do you want to do before you die? So <laughs> that's the tagline from DRV. Um, and, and the answer is sex. They want to have sex. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll end the show there. We hope we hope you find your anime comfortable. We hope you have a good time watching stuff. And we hope you, you spread your wings and explore a little bit as you lay out on your couch and watch what's next. We'll see you next week. <laughs>